Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jader, Jason Mitchell and Adam B. Good evening, High Insiders, and welcome to another exciting... Fun-filled episode. I just cut the music off <laughs> abruptly. Uh, if you'll notice, uh, I am on the soundboard this evening, and uh, uh, you can actually see me now. But Jason decided not to join us this evening. He um, he, he abandoned storm- us. He stormed out. He got angry. Nah, Mr. Brown just wanted the ladies to himself tonight. That's what he, it, that's no, what really he happened. He read a comment that we had gotten from someone. Oh, do tell. We got a comment. His name is Simon Chalk. He oh. was talking about our show. He said, "This is appalling drivel." Barely discuss the film Qua? at all. Us? Too busy indulging each other's egos and trying to be amusing and appear deep. That broke his heart. He, he, he left us. Oh, no. So we lost a potential fan. Well, uh, Simon, thank you for your feedback. We you. super been appreciate to, it. We've actually been trying to get rid of Jason for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Simon. Keep him coming. Keep them coming. Exactly. You made Jason cry. So uh, (laughs) thank you for that, Simon. And we will continue to dole out the delicious drivel. Uh, But apparently Simon uses the internet, as so many of the Commonwealth do, to spew vitriol and hate at people he's never met. So that's exciting. As I was saying, this is not hateful at all. It's very kind. It's very... uh, I'm sorry, did you... It's very objective. Oh, okay. (laughs) Critical. It was the first time I was included. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Mr. Brown. How long did that take? About 40 seconds. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) So, okay. um, I'm glad that you finally got the troll that you've been wishing for, Adam. That's really exciting. I know you're you're psyched to be on the board. Uh, But welcome to to another exciting installation of our drivel-filled episodes, Hindsiders. We actually have a beloved guest back. Miss Katie is here. You're in the corner with us. Say hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Yay. <laughs> Lovely. And uh, Katie selected the movie for this week. So, Katie, why don't you tell us what you chose? So, I chose The Mummy 2, or The Mummy Returns, which I will say is probably one of the few sequels that is as good as the first. And it's not with Boris Korloff. <laughs> no, it is not, <laughs> as it for turns out. you more senior listeners, <laughs> yes. this, is, this is the modern one. When I say modern, 20 with Bryn- years Yeah, I was about ago. to say, it's it, 20 years ago with Brendan Fraser and uh, Rachel Weiss and Arnold Vosloo and The Rock in this case. And uh, Ad- Abed Fur, I can never pronounce his name. Uh, he plays uh, the Magi mm-hmm. fellow. Sure. I cannot remember his name. Oh, I love that guy. Hold mm-hmm. on, I gotta look. Yeah, he's you know fantastic. He reminded me of George Harrison. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I looked at him and I thought he looked like George Harrison. You know George Harrison? John Paul, George, and Ringo. No, yeah, I know who George Harrison is, but I don't know why. I'm going to look him up because I'm pretty sure I butchered his name, but or if I got it even partially right. But yeah, so Katie, uh, why did you choose this movie? Uh, beyond liking it as a sequel. So, what you know, is it a nostalgia thing or what's, what's um, the purpose behind that? Well, it, well, it certainly is a nostalgia thing. Um, <laughs> so uh like we and this is also the sequel to the mummy like i pointed out we've already done the mummy it's a and my first appearance on the podcast and the mummy holds a great place in my heart like i pointed out in the first episode just because jade and i watched it 
together. Approximately we, a trillion times. Yeah. As, when we were in middle school. Exactly. Oh and it's, it's Oded wow. Fair. Sorry, I messed up his name like I thought. <laughs> uh, close enough. Um, <laughs> no, and it was things that we just recited back to each other and we really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I think and, we buried the mic on the first episode <laughs> when oh. we were doing the river quote. Yeah, we certainly Looks to me did. like you're on the wrong side, side of the river. river. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, this is, this is the sequel. And I would say, again, it's just as good as the first one. I love it. I think it continues the story without being the same. See, oddly enough, like, I think this one's a bit weaker because not just because of the CGI, the CGI did not age well oh, did not. at all. I thought the effects in the first movie were oddly a lot better. They were. Uh, even when it came to Emotep and they... It, it's almost like they skipped a bunch of steps with the sequel because I uh, emo with the logic as well as the CG because Emotab comes back to life a lot more quickly because that was a huge centerpiece of the first movie is the fact that he has to run around collecting his organs from all of the people that open the chest when in this movie they just have them all in the same room well, it and it's only, wildly convenient. And so. it was only three people versus like seven. Uh, it was four in the first one. Was uh, it? It was. No, maybe five because it was the Egyptologist. It was more than in, three. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, you're so absolutely no, right. But this was great. Um, and like Evie kind of develops some of her rickness and her rickness. I and like Rick that. Kind of picks up on like, oh, I, I don't think he's changed really. I think you know he's become a father, so he's taken on those kind of uh, fatherly characteristics. Uh, mm -hmm. It's more, it's more humorous, I think. Um, yeah, it's a little more tongue in cheek. Like yeah. it makes fun of itself a little bit. I will say, and I can say this for the end too, but I will say it doesn't, it on the scale, I'll give the full, full viewing, but it definitely doesn't age as well as, as I remember it was, it didn't hit the same. Yeah. Cause the first one to me is still absolute perfection. I, I, I love the first one all the way through with this one. It's a little sillier and you've got a cousin Oliver vibe with, uh, uh, Rick and Evie's kid, Alex. Mm -hmm. he, he, I don't feel like he really added to the movie. He was just more of a, plot device because somebody had to have the scorpion king's bracelet to lead the bad guys to um not hominoptera the, to the oasis mm -hmm. so that uh emotep can battle the scorpion king and take over all mankind so that's more well, or less the story for everybody well yeah. like as yeah. the magi says he's the key and like everybody has their role which was a little like when i was little i was like oh my god this is so cool everybody has their part now i read it i, I watch it i was like mm plot convenience well, and yeah, he suddenly has a tattoo that we didn't talk about in the first movie well a lot of that happens in this movie particularly with evie where she suddenly yeah, she had TV. yeah uh, she suddenly had this past life and she's a badass who knows how to fight with daggers and swords and she was a bit more damsel in distress in the first movie with rick having to save her every five minutes from something and in this movie she just you know transforms into a complete badass so it it, it doesn't make a lot of sense with either of the women because Anaxuna Moon in the first movie her reincarnation made sense because they got her actual corpse mm -hmm. from Hamanamtra and they tried to revive her and then in this movie there's just this random woman who looks like Anaxuna Moon mm -hmm. and they somehow insert Anaxuna Moon's soul into this woman and it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, that, you ever notice how when people are reincarnated they're always reincarnated from like queens and princesses and kings when in all reality if you went back it's oh I was the slave that got crushed between the two rocks as they were building the pyramids. <laughs> that, I was a was, cobbler in Elizabethan <laughs> England. I, it wasn't anything fancy. I was, I was a blacksmith you know that's but that back, was my job. Hey back Will to, was a blacksmith in parts of the Caribbean and he was pretty badass so. That's whatever. true he was. Um, the thing you talked about Anaxana Moon, she 
the actress is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. She's um, breathtaking. She has like 15 different accents, though. Like every part in the movie. Patricia it's like, Velazquez. It's different. It's, you know, there. it's kind of. There you I don't know it just changes very you're like okay it's kind of Hispanic here it's kind of like many reincarnations yeah clearly. yeah and she uh, she really only has one line that stands out to me because uh, so hindsiders the the basic synopsis of the movie is that uh, way back in the BC uh, the Scorpion King died because uh, he traded his soul for the army of Anubis to take over Egypt and then. Um, he actually became the Scorpion King when uh, his soul got taken, and now he lives in the Oasis, and I can't remember where the Oasis is, but uh, the point is that once the Scorpion King, King returns, someone has to defeat him in order to take over the world. And that's pretty much it. And so Alex uh, winds up with the bracelet of the Scorpion King from the beginning of the movie where Rick and Evie are, you know, grave robbing yet another... <laughs> yet another tomb so then the bad guys show up and try to claim the bracelet but alex puts it on and the unfortunate part of that is that um if you don't take the bracelet off within three days of putting it on apparently seven 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 days okay seven days oh okay well that that's enough time to travel all the way to the oasis in Um, 1930 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's 1930 because the first one takes place in 1922. I think it, when they were when it's definitely in the in 20s the, in the first one. Yeah, it's in the 30s I think now. This one is yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, because the kid's about 10 years old, so eight. that he's eight. He says he's eight. Oh, does he? Okay. I was clearly paying attention all the times that I've seen this damn film, but like I said, Alex is not my favorite character, so that's probably why. He's definitely a good combination um, of all three of his family his mom his dad and his uncle, uncle john he's a little bit more his <laughs> uncle and then he's got the intelligence of his mom but you know his uncle also has some of that too because they you know grew up yeah, together john hannah who plays jonathan he's mm-hmm. and he's a great part in these movies and it, it, they do a callback toward the end where uh, in the first movie uh jonathan is reading from the book of the dead trying to rescue evie and you know defeat emotep and he can't figure out what the hieroglyphics mean in some cases and he's like oh this one it's it's a bird it's a stork and uh, evie has to tell him how to pronounce it and they do the exact same thing between alex and john hannah later in the movie in the sequel so it's just it that was a nice callback for me i enjoyed that he's a good shot he's a he's a marksman he yeah. is, and that you know, he does have a serious moment because he's mostly there for comic relief. Right. But in <laughs> yeah. uh, in this particular movie, when everybody's being chased by these inexplicable pygmies, which we can get <laughs> back to that, uh, they're heading toward the oasis and trying to get Alex to the pyramid of the Scorpion King so that he won't die and have his life sucked out by the bracelet. Which not sure how that works, but uh, Jonathan and Evie are up on a hill and they're. Uh, clearing a path for Rick to go and rescue Alex and it was kind of a touching moment because Evie looks at Jonathan and she's like that's my husband and my son down there make me proud and he was like this is that day Evie (laughs) this is that day so and it was it was kind of funny but it was touching at the same time Mm -hmm. they did a really good job too of just clearing the path for him like every person they just took out yeah they had yeah. well i mean all of the bad guys were dressed in bright red so they're rather visible that really helps yeah, yeah. And they so, had hats yeah they had hats and, and meanwhile <laughs> it, it that scene where they're running through the tall grass where the pygmies are chasing them it reminds me of lost world with the raptors oh, yes, where that yes. guy's like not the long grass don't go into the long grass so mm-hmm. and but the thing about the pygmies if uh adam i pointed this out to you off camera so do you want to 
But Check I, out that I fact. I my glasses on. I can't oh, Okay, we'll have Katie read it instead <laughs> for you, you hindsighters. All right. The pygmy mummies from the climax are one of the most memorable aspects of the mummy returns, with the heroes being chased through the oasis by these terrifyingly aggressive little mummies. While the movie doesn't go into explanation as to why they're there, what they are, the novel... The Novelization. Book, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the book states that the mummies were brought back to Thebes to serve as the pharaoh's gesture, jesters. Yes, which is just... That's exploitation is what that is. Those poor pygmies. It was a different time. But they all have sharp teeth. And uh, it's funny, you call them pygmies. And I guess that's what they are. But that makes me think of Larry the Cable Guy. Because whenever he says something that he should feel guilty about, he's like, Lord, I apologize for making that joke. And please be with the starving pygmies down in New Guinea. Like <laughs> It's just one of his taglines that he uses in his jokes. But yeah, the, the pygmies were pretty creepy. They were like a combination of the raptors and the compies from Lost World. Exactly. They definitely, when I was a kid, they definitely scared me. This time... A lot less so. Uh, again, they they were scary. They were also comical. Yeah, they're um, kind of funny. At one point, I forget who. Oh no, Jonathan yells at one in the face. Oh, they scream at each other. They they and, startle one another. And then yeah. As it's climbing back up, and I never notice it. It like hisses at him, and I was like, I know. I was <laughs> like, is, what is it? A cat now? Like what happened? Who knows? The, well, I mean, Emotep stretches his face out like a snake and can control sand and water. So who, who knows? what these mummies are capable of they're crazy well i'm I'm gonna look it up when i was a kid there was this it was like a medley of horror vignettes and karen black was the star of this one and there was this little pygmy uh statue and if the necklace came out you couldn't take the necklace off and it shows the necklace fall off and it comes to life and it's hunting her around a house with a little spear oh that's from uh the I Am Legend, that's a short story in that book. Oh, okay. Uh, there's, But it's not a necklace. It. It's like a doll or something, I want to yeah, say. It's, oh, a, it's a little, it's a little, it's, it's a little doll or something. Yeah, and it comes to life and it does. It stabs her several times. It's yes. a horrifying short story uh, uh, in the I Am Legend book because that's what a lot of people don't know about I Am Legend is that it's actually not a full-length novel. It's technically a shorter story than that, but then there are a bunch of smaller short stories that follow up with it because... Uh, speaking of differences, like with the pygmies in the novel, how they explain it there, but not in the movie, that's a big difference between I Am Legend, the book, and I Am Legend, the movie. The Richard Matheson? I Am Legend? Yeah. I can't remember the author's name right now, but... It's uh, by the guy who, um, what, dreams, what Dreams May Come? I'm not sure. I don't know. We'd have to look it up. But uh, yeah, you guys are in charge of research tonight the because Smith, I've got... The Will Smith film. I yeah, it, no, it was Yeah, that that was the film that they adapted it to. But the, okay. the first line of I Am Legend is that Robert Neville was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed man. And I was like, well, that's Will Smith all over. So, it, you know, they take artistic license with casting and storylines and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so I read you the never book. Know. I don't remember the pygmy part. But yeah, the book book was awesome. The book was way different. The ending was 100% different. The there was no German Shepherd. The, there was a dog. There was but it was a dog. The dog situation was different. Yeah. I mean, again, well, the, no animals and these can't do it. Hindsiders, uh, sorry for the spoiler alert, but the dog dies regardless. So <laughs> that's why I can't watch that movie ever again because it's. And uh, Katie, you were friends with Chris Blaylock too in school when we were growing mm-hmm. up. He was so angry. We went to go see that movie together and he was livid when the audience reacted with sympathy when the dog was Will Smith has to kill the dog cause she gets bitten, but he calls the dog Sam the entire time. Trilogy of terror was called. Look at the little pygmy. Tell and me. he chases the woman around her apartment. It's, pass. it's, it's hard pass. Oh, it's a creepy ass story. But, really uh, scary. but Chris was livid during that part of I am legend when, because Will Smith calls the dog Sam the entire time. So you make mm-hmm. the assumption that the dog is a boy. And then when she's dying, he's like, Sam, 
Sam, Samantha in the whole audience was like, oh, it's a girl dog. And he was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> he was so upset. And I was like, what is the problem? And he goes, oh, it doesn't matter. It, it's no more sad than if the dog was a boy. And that's, oh, that's sexist. And I was just like, okay, I'm not having this debate with you. Well, boy but, dogs I have mean, been oppressing girl dogs for millennia. Exactly. You know, exploiting the them dogs, <laughs> right? in the sex trade. Jobs, <laughs> it's just using two, two the dog's more. full name. If it was Sam and he yelled Samuel, I mean, everybody still would have been, aw, because it's, it had, a, it had a full. It had a full name. It wasn't just Sam. They had. They had a whole name. Yeah, and it, it was his kid's dog, so that made it doubly sad. Because yeah, the wife and the we won't ruin the whole movie, but the wife and the girl try to it's from two thousand and seven. In case you haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin well, everything. You know I am Legend has been made multiple, multiple times. Right? Yes, Literally. I've only seen the Will Smith okay. adaptation, and I read the book. <laughs> Have you seen any? What of is that? the what is the basis of this podcast again? What do we talk about? Oh, yeah, movies, hold on, hold movies. On. We talk about <laughs> There's a movie. We talk about movies. We're not no, spoiling no, movies. No. Okay, so uh, yeah, this is from 2001, so six years earlier. To I am Legend. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're back at Hamanatra, and you know, there's this whole excavation going on because Imhotep. I don't know how they found him with such ease in the sequel, and they sort of explain it away a she little had bit the later. Power. Yeah, well, they were like, it was somebody who knew where to look, but she's not a Naxuna Moon yet. She's still Mila. They haven't incorporated her soul. But she's got it's because she's got the visions like Evie. Yeah. They explained it. Visions? Yeah. When did they say that? Why, why, they why talk she, about it. They said it she has this right woman. Right now, she's like vibrating. Like, how, where do you look? It's like she's got her divining fingers. A divining rod <laughs> for finding ooh, her, ooh, her ooh, dead ooh, boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> how awesome. Plus, but, there's probably, I mean, they, there's report, I mean, people saw where he was, like, people living still know where they last saw him. Yeah, where they last saw him, but he he fell into, like, a pit of liquid and it, it just got pulled under by these spirits in the first movie. So, it's not like he <laughs> fell in one specific place and so they remember where to look. I mean, he... He went into liquid. Wouldn't he have degraded a lot more by now? Like, it took him thousands I mean, of years to find Pompeii, but it only took him a year seriously. and a half to find this guy. You know, I, I don't know. Well, and he, you know, they they fast track a lot of the plot for that reason. Like they they regenerate him really quickly because in the first movie it was fascinating to see what the process was because he was you know sucking the life out of the guys who dug him up in the first place. But in this one, they barely even show it, and he he somehow eats their souls in like 30 seconds, whereas it was taking a lot longer in the first movie. But maybe he was just out of practice the first time around. Now he knows how to do, how to get it done. <laughs> could have been, could have been. And we the scarabs, it. God, we've got to talk about the scarabs. Go for it. Okay, like <laughs> they these things horrified me as a child. I was so scared that scarab beetles really behave like this. But, but they aren't. They were harmless scarabs, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, scarabs, they're just beetles. They don't right. eat people and they don't <laughs> dive into your skin and then carve them and carve their way up to your brain. Yeah. It it yeah, but they they move really quickly and they move under your skin in these movies and that terrified the hell like quicksand. I thought these were going to be a much bigger problem when I grew up. <laughs> and piranhas, you thought you were going to run into piranhas more often because they eat human flesh like that? Yeah. Again, I mean, they eat pretty damn quickly, piranhas, but not as quickly as the movies tend to portray. No, like, it's more like, ow, 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 I'm getting out of the water. Like ow, the like the cookie ow. cutter sharks in Shark Night. <laughs> this hurts. Uh, but yeah, you've got this whole excavation team this time instead of just a couple of people stumbling onto Emotep, they're looking for him on purpose because, as Rick says later, he's the only guy who's like badass enough to take on the Scorpion King. So they need to dig up Emotep again. 
And he's like, he's see, he's coated in some sort of resin when they um, pull him out of the ground. It's well, amber, so in Jurassic Park. So right. they're they're going to um, yeah, hold up, hold up the staff. Emotep's fingernail is yes. caught in there. So we can actually clone mummies as long as we can get some DNA from fellow Egyptians yeah. and blend it together. Now, now watch what she does here over Emotep. This is where she's kind of using her powers. No, no, no. That's not a power. Uh, in the first movie, that's how, because Anaxenemun's whole thing was that she was the pharaoh's wife or the pharaoh's mistress and she was painted so that it would be evident if any other man tried to touch her. So when... Uh, they would interact with each other. She and Emotep, they would like brush their hands over each other's oh, faces. So that's a little foreplay, yeah, thing, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then, the, well, that's how the Pharaoh <laughs> knew that she was cheating on him because uh, Emotep kisses her and brushes her shoulder and rubs the paint. So he's like, "Oh, who's touched you?" And he, that's when they kill the Pharaoh. So it, it, she's not using magic power. She's just doing their little gesture that they. Okay, got it. Yeah, got schooled, it. Adam, schooled. <laughs> well, and then the but, first movie with the whole. I was just gonna say if she wasn't slightly reincarnated then how would she know of their little their little you know see it does, i'm agreeing with you it doesn't make a lot of sense like but they show later emotep going with the book of the dead and reincarnating her technically and bringing her soul back her it, full soul she's got a little just the essence of her soul an essence. An essence. they've saged her with it like she she just got like touches of it that's cool Wait, kate proceed i interrupted you Oh yeah. So in the Derailed. first movie with um Anaxinum, you almost feel they make her they almost make you feel sorry for her because you're like, Oh, she's like controlled by this pharaoh, like he she can't be touched. Well, she's like, his she's, slave, yeah. And she even says my body's no longer his temple before she kills herself. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, it's yeah. And then so then this one, then you see it from the the other viewpoint and you're like, Oh, no, she's a bitch. <laughs> and well, and that was she's a skink. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. And she doesn't really love Emotep as we come to find out because he sees the difference between his relationship with Anaxi Moon and the difference between that and Rick and Evie because Evie sees her husband about to fall to his doom and she runs at her own peril to go and rescue him. And Emotep is yelling for Anaxi and it was sweet because Rick is like, "No, stay back. Don't worry. I'll, I'll I'll work it out on my own." And Evie goes to get him anyway, but. Emotep calls for Anoxin for her for her to help him, and then she's like, "No!" and she just runs away from him. I mean, to be fair, they've done this before, so they kind just, of know how this goes. It's just a different type of love, I suppose. So, right. so yeah, Rick and Evie, they thought of, they didn't think of themselves first. They thought of, you know, don't come and get me. I'm, you know, I'll yeah, they, die. She does. She thinks of her husband before her. Yeah, the other two are a little more egocentric. Well, poor it's Rick. All about me. Poor they're Rick. Both dying, right? It's true. Poor Rick in this entire movie because like he saves one person, the other person gets taken. He saves that person, the other person gets stabbed, and you're just uh, like, yeah, this poor guy, guy can't catch a break. Uh, he literally can't. <laughs> like he literally, when he kids brings his kid to the temple at the end, and he's just like, oh, like my wife just got stabbed. Yeah, Shit. <laughs> is he literally like he's like a freaking football player? He just like picks his kid up and runs with him full sprint to the to the pyramid of the, the scorpion king. Yeah. Literally, yeah, because if the sun uh, touches Alex, he's going to disintegrate. He will or, die. And, and uh, here I, I thought when Evie got got stabbed, he was going to find, like, the Holy Grail in there and put water in it and pour it on <laughs> her. It didn't play out that way. They eat brains there. <laughs> but, yeah, um, am I the only one in saying that I want this badass castle that they seem to be living in in this movie? It's got to be from her parents. That's the no, only no, no. thing that makes sense. No, because if you remember, in the first movie, they write, uh, Benny 
pilfers all that gold from uh, the city of the dead mm-hmm. and he straps it to a camel and they unwittingly choose the same camel when they're leaving Hamanoptera and you see the gold glinting in the sun in the end. Right. And so they're they're filthy stinking rich. So they, they've got their own house. And I, th- I think they sold it to Indiana Jones like Amp- yeah. <laughs> and they moved to South Africa. Must have because... Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember the third movie. Like, what happens in the third movie? It's in China? Yeah, it's like, because there's the Terracotta Warriors. Yes, uh, and I think Chow Yun-Fat was in that movie, wasn't he? he I've watched it once, and it was a really long time ago. I want to say the word dragon was involved. There's a dragon. The movie was really dragon? Yeah, I have no (laughs) idea. (laughs) (laughs) It was the prequel to Red Dragon. (laughs) But, yeah, so, uh, Alex, little scamp, kind of like what you said, Katie, he's... He's an amalgam of Rick, Evie, and Jonathan. He gets into mischief the way Jonathan does. He's brave the way Rick is, and he's smart how Evie is. And uh, that it behooves him toward, you know, throughout all the movie, really, because uh, he's smart enough to give his captors grief. And that uh, brings me back to my point about Anox and Moon. The one memorable thing I even remember her saying was... Uh, Alex smarts off to her. He's like, lady, I don't behave for my parents. What makes you think I'm going to behave for you? And she's like, because your parents wouldn't slip poisonous snakes into your bed while you were sleeping. <laughs> and I was like, okay, first of all, venomous. And second of all, <laughs> God, she's had to be yes. snakes. Speaking of Indiana Jones. That poor kid, he had it all. And then what turns out he died of a drug overdose when he was 16, you know. I'm kidding. What? I'm kidding. <laughs> no, because that, that happened to that poor kid from... Uh, School of Rock. I know. Yeah, I was I like, know. oh no, because that. And you know, Peter, the, the Wait, person who played Peter what? Pan in the cartoon, he ended up dying of a drug overdose in an alley when he was like eighteen or nineteen. So, child, why know, are you doing this to me? It's too upbeat. I got to bring it down a little bit. Make it real. Make it less less tri- drivelly. Uh, I'm all for the drivel. I'm all for the happiness. Like I, that kidding. sounded dirtier than I intended it to, but you know. Well, we all like happy ending. I'm not going there. <laughs> are you looking up, Kate? Now I'm looking about the kid who died. Uh, the kid in School, School of Rock, Rock who played the drummer, Freddy. Fred, yeah. Yeah, Fred. he died. He's the first one I looked at. Yep. Yeah. He, um, he unfortunately passed. did not age well. A lot of child actors didn't. But That was the adult that was supposed to be the teacher. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, he wasn't exactly a looker in that movie either. That's and this fair. was like 20 years ago. Um, so. And uh, what's her face? iCarly. Miranda. She looks exactly the same to me. She looks the exact same. Yeah, she's she's like a, you know, just a taller version of mm-hmm. her child star self. But uh, Jonathan, you, you know, see him getting into mischief right off the bat, which is pretty Jonathan. He's faking that he's the owner of Rick and Evie's house because it's such a sweet bachelor pad. Oh, yeah. And he brings a woman back. And, and they don't really explain this scepter that he winds up with. That It's a... Com- complete game changer in the movie and the whole defeat of the scorpion king it just sort of shows up like a lot of things like this this movie just went it it didn't explain enough to my satisfaction he kind of explained it and i picked up on this this time versus any other time um he said that it was all that he had left of like the original fortune that he had like that he'd had like he oh that he stole from Hamanoptera yeah he had lost like everything else in like card games and stuff like that and so this was all that he had had left and of course he loves gold which which I thought thought he just stole that from somewhere in their house he just picked up this random thing and is like twirling around I love that it's phallic shaped that made that even better well done I love gold yes okay you never know sometimes you know oh goodness um, it's a generation. Don't mansplain Austin Powers to us, Mr. Brown. Jeez. I love coal. 
old. Okay, I won't. Okay, he's done it like four times now. You're good. You, yeah, you've hit the your quota. Yes. I, um, she, so Anoxin Moon is dressed like Cher, and she travels <laughs> around with venomous snakes that she threatens people with all the time. Uh, snakes that never turn around and bite her. Yeah, how is she able to hold this? I mean, I guess that's... She's the, like the crocodile hunter. She can just handle dangerous animals. Because that wasn't a thing in the first movie where they didn't show any sort of affiliation between her and snakes or animals or anything like that. But in this movie, she's like the snake whisperer. I don't understand like how that works. 30 seconds in the first movie. Yeah. Was uh, it she, the same actress? I didn't Yeah, it's the same actress. Uh, and she... Uh, and. Going back to your perspective, Katie, uh, the reason why you feel bad for Nox and Amuna is partly because of Arnold Vosley, the guy who plays Emotep. When they asked him to play this role, he was like, okay, but it's not going to be some kitschy, stupid thing. I'm going to act like this guy really was reincarnated after 3,000 years. It's going to be like Romeo and Juliet, where I'm pining for this woman and I'm serious about reincarnating her and getting our lives back. And so he took it very seriously to the point where... He, uh, you'll see in the notes, if you want to double check my facts, they had to shave him twice a day to keep him that smooth. smooth. Yeah, so he, um, they actually vetoed the idea of him getting waxed, or he vetoed it, because he was like, no, I'm not waxing my entire body. So they ended up having to shave him twice a day, because he's a grown man with body hair, but his legs were completely hairless, his back, his chest, everything. He so. was well-oiled. Yeah, yeah, he was slicked up. He was slicked well, up. Well, he was ready for his, you know, his uh, porn gig right after shooting on the mummy set. What is this gentleman done again, uh, done afterward this? Is he Arnold Vosloo, he's relatively unknown to my knowledge. Let's see, though. Well, I've he got resembles... Billy Zane. He's a, well, that's who I thought it was when I first yeah. saw it. This is Billy Zane. <laughs> that's my first, every time I look at him, that's my first thought. I'm like, it's not Billy Zane. It's not Billy Zane, but it looks like him. Is that, is that Billy Zane? Is that Billy? <laughs> poor Billy Zane. He's not doing too much these days, mm-hmm. is he? I think the no. Phantom ruined his career. <laughs> yeah. The Phantom? You never saw the Phantom? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Where when you, say, he was when dressed... you referenced the Phantom, I think Phantom of the Opera. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, was... That was Gerard Butler. DC Phantom. Yes, yes. yes. I, I did Okay, see in that. the purple suit and everything. Yeah. And yeah, if we want to feel sorry for anybody, can we just feel sorry for Brendan Fraser? Because he's very attractive here. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, oh, he, didn't age he did well. not age well. We, Brendan, we're sorry. Yeah, oh, we, no, we love you still. No, we love him still. But he, oh, my God, yeah. He, uh, his career, from what I understand, got wrecked because he accused a producer of sexual harassment and was pretty much blackballed throughout all of Hollywood for that. So, uh, And with these movies, he got himself injured quite a few times. He hurt his knees, his back, mm-hmm. uh, like it just Spinal ended up... Spinal disc, cracked ribs, yep. damaged Bold knees. I mean, hell, I mean, we all... Dam- <laughs> Holden McGroin. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the, that was the producer. We all damaged knees, our own knees doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens after you turn thirty. <laughs> that guy does not look like twenty five. What is his name? The the uh, the Magi leader. Uh, uh, those are not oh, the, dead fair. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't he look like? Don't you think he looks like George Harrison? We're talking like maybe White Album. I'd I'd have to look it up. So one of you look it up. It's your turn. Right, I'm gonna I can't do all the turn. research this episode. I'm finding. I love George. Jade, we need you to do all these things. No, they make they make me look everything I know, up every I know, episode. I know. It's ridiculous. But um, yeah, Ardeth Bay is his name in the movie Which, uh, i don't think they ever say his name they say say it like once in the first movie uh well i think evie actually just said it because he shows up randomly in her house because he's been following this entire mm-hmm. project of reviving emotep or reincarnating him rather and the magi can i just say it they suck at their jobs this is the second time 
mm-hmm. that Emotep has been reincarnated and they, they, their whole purpose is to guard Hamanoptera and not let that happen. No. 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 Okay. Maybe not. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I yep. There goes Evie. Okay. So wife like has it. been kidnapped once. I can see what you're going for there, Mr. Brown, but I, I don't know. I think uh, Oded Fair is a lot better looking. No, he looks like Billary Cyrus right there. <laughs> okay, I see it in the face more right there. That's a better option. <laughs> but he still looks a little and, Billy Ray. I don't know. I don't know how you. That's thirty minutes, by the way. Jada. Okay, so we're we're about to take a break. But I did find now that we're still talking about Oded Fair. I actually posted this on our uh, hindsight page the other day because apparently he's got quite the following. Uh, women are crazy over Oded Fair. Oh, I have to say. I mean, he's he got an a, accent. He's he got the dark hair. He's tall, oh, yeah. dark, and, and handsome. I'm not afraid to say so. Even with the face tattoos, he looks pretty good. Yeah. But somebody went on the internet, which is just the scariest place ever, said, Our desert daddy who art in Egypt, <laughs> Magi be thy name. The undead come, you shoot him with a gun. Give us this week our Thursday thirst. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, it's wow. it's a whole thing about Oded Fair. So apparently he's just got quite the cult following himself. But on that bombshell of a note, Hindsiders, we're <laughs> going to take a quick break, possibly get a refill, and we will be joining you back in about one second. And we're back again, Hindsiders. Sorry for that short break. I'm not touching anything yes, ever again. That's not even myself. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so we're. We're about to hit a really cool chase scene, and there's a fun fact about that in my research regarding the double-decker buses that got used in the movie. Katie, would you like to take a look and tell us what's so special about the buses? Absolutely. Because we're in merry old England, for those of us who don't know, uh, because the first movie took place entirely in Egypt at Hamanoptera, and uh, so now we're actually in England, because apparently Brendan Fraser doesn't have any in-laws that he has to worry about, so he could just move in with Evie in their palatial estate, which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. There's plenty of so, room in there. So we're what's in the, the deal with the buses? So Katie? we're in London specifically, because we're going to the British Museum. So the opening sequence of The Mummy Returns is one of the most memorable in the whole film, showing the heroes fighting against recently resurrected mummies in London. Hold on. No, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. They're genuine buses from the actual time period. That's the interesting part, is that they actually had... uh, (laughs) So, how do they demolish said bus? I'm not sure, but... uh, Movie magic! Even the ads on the side of the buses were accurate for the time. They were real ads from, I think it was 1933. Wow, that's cool. You did mention London and the museum. Did you know that it's not the actual British Museum? It is a university because the museum was either being renovated or uh, they were doing something with it. It was closed for some reason at the time. So they had to use a university in lieu of the actual museum. Mm. Uh, But going back, because you mentioned this earlier, Katie, uh, this is the part where we learn that Brendan Fraser is apparently a warrior of God. (laughs) He's a special magi is what they call him. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, he's got this sudden tattoo because he did have the cuff he had the cuff in the first movie that he was wearing around his wrist. Mm-hmm. It looks mostly aesthetic. It was more when, like a leather. It's kind of a leather or metal. Uh, it was leather, and yeah. uh, so oh, and we had this conversation off camera, Katie, about Chris Holden Reed, who we both <laughs> love and respect as an actor, and the fact that he's smoking hot. Who we absolutely <laughs> adore. <laughs> yes, we do. Hi, Chris. But uh, yeah, he hated the cuff that he had to wear in the show Lost Girl. He was like, mm-hmm. I was already a werewolf, and then it was like they put a dog collar on me. He mentioned that during one of their uh, panels, so I always thought that was funny. But yeah, Brendan Fraser's been wearing that cuff the entire time. And was covering you, the tattoo. Yes, but you don't know anything about the tattoo until the second movie because I guess they had to make it a little more intriguing and make him a, lot of a warrior magi. I mean, he was in the desert. You know, you got to cover up your tattoos or else they get ruined. 
That's true. And uh, that was another thing that they had to face with all the desert shooting is the fact that the cast and crew alike were continually bitten or stung by scorpions, snakes, spiders, you name it, because there are all these critters running around in the desert. Apparently, they had to uh, airlift several members of the cast and crew to the hospital more than once because they kept getting bitten by venomous animals. Occupational (laughs) hazard. That's tough. I suppose so, because Rachel Weisz apparently got off pretty easy where she had a contract that was a little more ironclad than Brendan Fraser, so she didn't... uh, She was supposed to be running... Uh, I think it was when the tower, or not the tower, the uh, pyramid was collapsing and the rocks mm-hmm. are falling everywhere. Uh, her contract forbade her from actually doing that in real life so that she wouldn't get hurt, I suppose. But Brendan Fraser, he suffered a lot of injuries on the set of this movie. <laughs> so she was smart. <laughs> Whereas yeah, he did well, not negotiate no, no. his contract. Her his agent injured. was smart. Or her agent was smart. Yeah, yes. exactly, Adam. But yeah, that's not the British Museum. It's the university. And oh, here we go. Here's the Jurassic Park moment. I want to be there for the birth of every little emotep <laughs> when they hatch from their resin. And where I, I'm wondering who these guys are that follow emotep around. They're his, you know. It's a cult. Yeah. There is little. It's what? I said it's a cult. But I suppose, just... but it just, and they had to replace the Egyptologist guy. Uh, they had to have some smarty McFly in the room who speaks ancient Egyptian and can bring Emotep He's back to life. He's the curator of the museum. Yes, but that's the point is that uh, the curators and the Egypt, like the Egyptologist died in the first movie, so they had to kind of replace his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy is a bit of an amalgam between the Egyptologist and uh, Evie's former boss at the library from the first oh, movie. Right. So, yeah, he's the curator of a museum, just like uh, the other guy ran the library, and then he actually speaks Egyptian and can translate and bring everybody where they need to be uh, because that, the Egyptologist was the one bossing around all of the uh, workers at the at Hamanoptera when the diggers, the ones mm-hmm. that get melted with salt acid. <laughs> and eaten by scarabs. I thought yes. the salt acid was the first movie. This one was the scarabs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The oh, Egyptologist okay, yeah. was the one leading the, you know, the minuscule characters around uh, who didn't speak any English. The, the yeah. red shirts. The red shirts, yeah, because they die hard. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, that's why they're all in red. Yes. But yeah, see, even Emotep, he says right here when he sees a Nox and a Moon for the first time since they reincarnated him, he's like, yeah, you're only a Nox and a Moon in body like once i bring your soul back from the underworld then we'll really be together again so it i don't know it did there's some missing pieces for me where it just it doesn't make a lot of sense Turns that out the she relationship didn't, wasn't that solid anyway it was all based on money she's she, <laughs> she didn't fear him too like when he's like near her like in his mummy form like yeah don't i mean touch she, me she's like the uh what's the What's that seltzer drink, Mr. Brown? Uh, with the fruit lime and oh, like... Is it popular these days? Uh, it, it was in that comedy show that you and I watched uh, with the lady oh, who was dressed like oh, a man. Uh, LaCroix. LaCroix. He, LaCroix. She's like the LaCroix version of an ox and a moon. There's like a hint of an ox yes. and a moon yeah. in her. <laughs> and she remembers certain things and remembers the, the face gesture and all that, but she's not really herself yet. It's just like Evie. She was Nefertiti, right? A reincarnation of So it's not Nefertiti. Tiri, it's Nefertiri. Nefertiri, oh, yeah, okay. because we I didn't know look, we had. A, no, I didn't know it until I watched it last night, and I was like, "Yeah, it's Nefertiti." And Q was like, "Um, <clears throat> it's a Nefertiri." I beg your pardon. I know, and I was like, "Oh shh." 
She's right. Well, it is. When you read something and you expect it to be Nefertiti, your your brain is going to fill it in that way. Well, it sounds like Nefertiti, but then we Nefertiri. saw it. We had captions it's, on. Yeah, there's a hard R pronunciation, there is. I suppose. But um, but another part about Anaxa and Moon. So in the train scene before he brings her soul back, like he does give her a vision, and like she goes, he goes up to her, and she kind of like steps back and just kind of has like a disgusted look on her face when he like approaches her as the creature huh. and then he gives her like this vision and then she's making out with the creature and it's like all okay now oh okay yeah because they uh they do make out oh no he makes out with rachel vice in the first one when he's mm-hmm. not fully reincarnated yet and his face starts rotting off while he's kissing her which i never understood that portion of the it, like, first movie moved. It, like the skin moved his skin to the starts back. decaying again yeah. and it's it's weird it's like is he not supposed to touch because you do have that point with uh ben or what's his name uh benny mm-hmm. where he's escorting emotep around egypt and he's like mm-hmm. oh prince emotep does not like to be touched a silly eastern superstition i'm afraid and so there's sort of a hint that he's not supposed to touch living things but he seems to do it with no issue in this movie so mm-hmm. i don't i don't know the rules don't apply <laughs> i wonder what happened to her cat in the first movie it wasn't her cat it was the hotel cat mm, no i don't think it's her cat okay <laughs> and here i thought you were talking about the name of the character her cat <laughs> you, meant, you meant her. No, her cate. They had <laughs> her gato. Uh, she's got the uh, gato blanco in the first movie because uh, uh, Emotep is afraid of cats because the cats are the guardians of the underworld. And yeah. Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser, there's even a funny moment where he holds the cat up. And he's like, look what I got. Woo! And he chases Emotep out the door or out the window. But yeah, there are no cats in this version. And we're uh, low on storage, so I don't know what's happening to the movie, but maybe Adam can help us fix that without bumping the computer again. I'm not touching anything. Not now. We're not going to worry about it. There we go. Very nice. Ignore. And the CG, Emotep looked so much more real to me in the first movie, even though it wasn't as high-grade CGI. I I don't know. I like the way he looked in the first movie, and this one he just looks super, super fake. Maybe they cut costs there. You never know. What was the budget compared to the first one? Was it higher? Was it lower? It's your turn to do some research on your phone, Mr. Brown, or Katie uh, can do it. I know you don't have your glasses on. on. Oh yeah, the, the budget on this one was a bit lower. It was twenty two million, so, whereas the first was twenty eight million. So they must have cut it in the CGI. Yeah, aren't it, these also magi right there? They're the then bu- why are they fighting for Emotep? Uh, well, he brings them to life in the first movie too, but he has to read a spell out of the Book of the Dead in order to bring them back. Whereas in this movie, he just like releases them from a jar, and he's like Emotepna or whatever it is that he says, which he's means got a ten year span. kill them. He's got a ten year span. And I like this part, um, honey. They don't use doors. <laughs> yeah, she's Evie. They're escaping from the British Museum, and Evie's trying to drag a bench in front of the door to block it, and and then they no, come through the well, walls. and it looks like the door doesn't even open open outwardly it opens inward so it doesn't matter regardless but yes. uh who cares there's, there's a definite dad thing what happened to my car <laughs> and of course jonathan they pull up with a double decker bus because what what does happen to the car guys and if you can't hear that hindsighters uh we got some thunder going on here thunder and lightning very we very have, frightening we mm. have aroused emotep mm. so they decide 
in true uh, mummy form. Let's just fuck shit up and we're going to walk on the car. Not my car. Well, why wouldn't, did the key break in the, the car? The key broke off in the Okay. Ignition. Jonathan was panicking, Jonathan. yes, and he snapped the key. <laughs> I was playing my game while I was watching <laughs> Good to know that it was such an intriguing watch for I you, know, I know all the words. Yes, I was I, you and I both do. all the words and you I got told this stuff. You don't need to stop. watch it. You could enjoy the movie, right? Just close your eyes and envision it. You've seen it so many times. Well, I felt the same way, honestly, because usually when I have these movies on now, they're kind of background because I, I know all the dialogue just like you, Katie, and I was like, oh, I forgot about some of these things mm-hmm. when I actually sat down to watch it. Subsequent viewing, as Jason always says, it brings new things to light. So, mm-hmm. like I, I was not familiar that the Magi were warriors. I thought they were people that brought frankincense and murder Jesus. <laughs> they were the emperor's bodyguards back when the emperor was still alive. Oh, okay. So, Or the pharaoh, excuse me. I was me, not like, the wait emperor. a second. I was thinking the third one, the emperor, the dragon emperor or something like that. I think that's what the third one's called, but I'm not sure. We did not. Uh, t- this was is so the horrible. last mummy movie in my world. Yeah, there I don't really no, care about the third a, one. Or the Tom Cruise one. Oh, God. You can't catch me, gay thoughts. (laughs) Poor Tom Cruise. But, oh, yeah, this is a pretty good scene where one of the mummies has been cut in half. And it's, you know, swinging around like a chimpanzee on the double-decker bus, kicking uh, Ardath Bay's ass. (laughs) But, yeah, he's he's pretty tough. He's fist-fighting with a mummy on a double-decker bus, so. Well, luckily, they had the, you know, the handrails. Yeah, Yeah. the handrails. Right, so you could swing around. Yep. Like you just open that like a tin can. Well, yeah, they're super strength. <laughs> also, when he loses his gun, not the first time, but the second time where it, there's like a lip where it can go to like, it kind of drops to the front of the bus. So I was like, is that really a thing? On what? the hood? Where, yeah, it ends it up on the hood. On, like it fell, it fell from the second floor. Oh, and sorry to interrupt you, Katie, but this aspect too, now that the mummies can grow Grow their nails instantaneously, (laughs) that was not a thing in the first one. They just sort of amped amped up the superpowers of these already mystical dead people. So I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. (laughs) And they all have mouths that unhinge like snakes. It's crazy. (laughs) Because one of the first funny aspects in the or not first funny aspects, one of the funny aspects in the first movie was the fact that Brendan Fraser screams at the mummies multiple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even Emotep, when he first sees him, he's like, ah, he screams back at him when Emotep roars. Here it goes. It fell. The gun. Yeah. Yeah, It fell onto the hood of the bus. Yeah, but from the, was there just like an open spot from the top? Like that seems... It was for like a it, flaw. It, I thought it flung out of a window. No, it fell like on the floor. Oh, okay. I don't know. But I, I, I was I was interested in how that happened also, but then I moved on. I clearly have not. Yeah, we're looking for yeah, logic where there's none to be you're, found, you're gang. on to that one. Yep. With uh, mummy-like nails. <laughs> so, oh, and Brendan Fraser... <laughs> Pokes, the eyes pokes the mummy's eye his, sockets. He's got mummy goo on his fingers. Mummy goo on his fingers. Ew. Ew. But this yeah. is comical. Here's the. Here's more comic. Yeah, you've got some good comical moments in these movies. They, well, you know, if they're going to be in a double deck, double decker bus in London, that top deck is going to have to be taken out. Absolutely, it's it's obligatory. Yes, I'm surprised it didn't topple over too. How quickly and erratically Jonathan is driving. I'm surprised that thing is definitely top heavy. Maybe it's like the night bus in Harry Potter, and it just defies I was, logic. <laughs> I was thinking, I have Brendan Fraser surfing, surfing yes. the double decker bus. Oh, and there's uh, some interesting facts about the uh, the tower uh, when they're crossing the bridge. So that's actually in the notes that I've got for you there, Katie. They actually were able to shut down the tower for 20 whole minutes to get this scene with the double decker oh. bus going across, but it caused 
such a traffic jam that Scotland Yard was threatening the cast and crew with arrests and oh. telling them they were going to shorten their filming time. It was a really dramatic thing. Wow. But they only, excuse me, they only closed down the bridge for like 20 minutes. <laughs> she just bleeped. Pardon me. She, That's she usually did. Mr. Brown. I like to, I like to burp mm. for effect. So now Rick, down. now Rick is happy. He's got his wife. He's got his kid. All is well. He just Except. rescued his wife until... <laughs> yep. The Poor kid, guy the cannot kid take a to breath. The front of the bus, and then magically, there's some bad guys there that just grab him. Where's his uncle, Jonathan? Yeah, where did Jonathan go? It was literally right where his uncle should have. Oh no, that was the back of the bus. Oh okay, I thought it was the front. Hush as that well. fuss. Everybody moved to the back of the bus. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, the grown-ups just wind up uh, baffled because Alex keeps getting grabbed away from them and kidnapped and that's a bummer but Brendan Fraser does have a badass moment where he runs up the bridge as it's uh what's the term for that like when it's incline bridge yeah it's, it's a drawbridge a but like huge what, incline and Brendan Fraser you know heroically over. leaps across the gap to save his son not across leaps up he never made it across he leaps across the gap no, he didn't no, make, he, no, he, he stayed on the it. same side. Oh, he, he did? He's only at the top. Oh, okay. I thought, oh, damn. No. That yeah. disillusioned me a little and bit. If he hadn't been using his free time kissing his wife, he might have been able to save his They had to do it in one take. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they with only 20 minutes? Absolutely. And to like, bring the bridge up? And the, with the well, setup the, and everything? Well, well, I guess the rest of that was filmed offside. I guess it was just Probably, the in all yeah. likelihood. Yeah. But yeah, just the setup alone to get that staged, that would have taken a while. But That's 20 minutes is nothing in filming time. No. Because when you're on a film set, you're there for a minimum of like 12 to 14 hours a day. It's I insane. believe it. Even as a background actor, it's crazy. But yeah. See so, here, she kind of walks away and she's kind of like, eh. I'm not sure about this. Well, would you really want to kiss a rotting no, corpse? No, not at all. I don't know that she's... Uh, I don't know on what th- you're into. Blech. Come on, everybody. Ew. There's, there's, <laughs> no, nobody. <laughs> We've got a lot of listeners, and you know what? Shh. We're just going to cater to all of them. But, uh... <laughs> Undo. Hush. Undo. This Hush. is where the drivel comes in, hindsighters. But, Blech. yeah, it... it she got gloves. Like, she ain't even going like to touch him. Yeah, oh, okay, I guess. Sand out. But but <laughs> his made up. But he's not rotting when his lips touch hers, so it's not like with Evie she when he kissed her in the Evie's first movie. Lips. She's got fire lips. Oh, <laughs> she's got bussin' lips. <laughs> Those lips are bussin'. Bussin'. That's for you, my daughter. Bussin'. Oh, dear. Hi, Addie. <laughs> We're going to embarrass you means, if it's yeah. the last thing we do. But, yeah, so poor, poor Rick and Evie now have to go on a mission to save their child from... <sighs> From Jeez. the cult following and Emotep, and they're all ensnared in this drama That's again. That's what it's like to be a parent, you two, so don't rush into it. It's a lot of work. Ugh, yeah. Rescue them from something. Uh, what was the <laughs> last time you had to go on a journey to rescue your child? From an undead mummy. Well, mm-hmm. there wasn't an undead mummy, but I had to drive all the way up to New York to rescue her from her boarding school. I just picked I, her up at the end of the year, but... Uh, yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> I don't remember this being that dramatic, but okay. Uh, can make anything dramatic. Yes. Well, he's a very dramatic man. He's an actor. But yes. yeah, so now we're on a trip to Egypt, <laughs> which, you know, it's the 1930s, so I guess they're going to take a train. Well, they're in <laughs> Egypt already, because they just showed the pyramids. Conveniently, we're just in the backdrop to show they're in Egypt. That's right. They make multiple stops throughout Egypt because the Scorpion King's <laughs> bracelet, for those of you who don't know, is actually a map to the oasis. It's, it's the bracelet of Anubis. 
Well, it's got a scorpion on it. How do you all know this stuff? I'm telling you. Because we... It's in the movie. Well, Egypt, apparently I don't know it. Egyptologists. <laughs> but... Uh, oh, the, here's your line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is where she has one of her weird accent moments, Katie. You're right about that. Because she's... Because your parents would not sleep poisonous snakes into your bed while you are sleeping. And it's like, <laughs> what is that accent like? It changes every other time she speaks. It kind of does. It's ridiculous. Luckily, because, she doesn't speak that much. Well, she didn't... She spoke even less in the first movie. And she only ever either screamed or spoke in ancient Egyptian. Mm-hmm. So she was never speaking. She never spoke any English in the first movie. That's right. Yeah. Minds blown. But yeah, yeah. so <laughs> they they sent uh, three, you know, independent contractors off to fetch, <laughs> <laughs> off to fetch the uh, sacred canopic jars of the Emotebs. They were not salary people, <laughs> That's you're right. Cursed. No, they That's don't they don't cursed. have any health benefits. <laughs> that one guy's smart. Bless his heart. That one guy's like don't touch anything. Don't do it. And well, then you got some idiot. He's like, I'm going to open it up. Well, and that's a callback to the first one because the yeah. Egyptologist is the one who originally reads the chest in the first movie where he's like, uh, death will come on swift wings to whomsoever opens this chest. And this uh, independent contractor, he read the same thing. And he's like, no, it's cursed. Don't touch it. Like, and you'd think maybe they'd let him live for having that knowledge. Oh, no. I would think so. No. That's another salary that they've got to pay on yeah, set. and uh, It's not worth it. You got to whittle it down to just the four main people and just call it a day. Well, I like when they panic and she's like, he wants you to open the chest. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do it. He suddenly changes his mind about the lore behind it. Yeah, uh, yeah. because they, they unleash Emotep on the three guys and trick them into opening the chest so that Emotep can suck them dry and regenerate. Because what happened? They, I guess they recovered the jars as well. I wasn't paying that much attention. Yeah. Because the four or five separate guys had it in the first movie, and Emotep collects them all slowly. One mm-hmm. of them's broken, as I recall. Yep. But then uh, the jars are just in Hominoptera when the whole when the walls collapse and the whole city breaks down. So how are those jars still intact? My God. That and how? <laughs> and how are they back like, in the jar in the in the box? Yeah. How did stuff get in the jars to make this a thing? Well, I mean, yeah. It originally was just stuffed with his vital organs and. But how did the organs get back in the jars? It got, I'm asking for logic where there's yeah. none to be found, so I'm just going to give up on that. But they do have the callback with the costume as well, because uh, Emotep wore this in the first movie when he didn't want to reveal mm-hmm. what he was looking like when he was wandering around Egypt and sucking people dry. So I mean, uh, there's days I don't put my Zoom camera on because I don't put makeup on, so, you know. <laughs> or when you accidentally open up the Snapchat ad and it's it's on the selfie mode and you've got it at an unflattering you know, I angle. Look, I look like that? No. <laughs> I look like Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Oh, God. But, yeah. It's a, and, oh, they do this. He just needs a little bit of moisturizer. He'll be fine. Yeah, he looks like he's carved out of wood. It, he looks so yeah. different in this movie than he did in the first one. It's like a tree ent or something. <laughs> he he is Groot. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> Aw, don't ruin Groot. Oh, Groot's cute. No, Groot is very cute. Oh my God, just... I saw a meme and it said that I would burn baby Groot to like make a fire for baby Yoda. I'm like, I won't go that far. Oh, no, Whoa, no that's... I love Groot. Come on. I love Groot too. teenage Groot was entertaining. Yeah, he was pretty cool. <laughs> he was so angsty. He was angsty. <laughs> he really was. Didn't know trees had moods. <laughs> but yeah, so the three uh, entrepreneurs, as it were, <laughs> they get stuck dry. And so Emotep fully regenerates very quickly. They they don't really mess around with the drama of him regenerating in this version. Again, they're not going to make the the they're not going to repeat the first movie. Yeah, he only ever uh he only ever kills men. 
uh, when he because men are the only ones who ever open the box. Like it, there's never a woman involved with well, that. There's literally only Evie until this movie with an ex and a moon. Yeah, that's true. And they even uh, they make fun of her. The Egyptologist does. He's like, oh, they're led by a woman. What does a woman know? <laughs> and, and Evie's the smartest one in the crew. Like no matter what. It's pretty great, but yeah. After all this stuff they've been through, why would they be afraid of anything? I mean, they've watched people being eaten by scarabs, you know, people be melted. Well, that's why you would be afraid, because you know that all this stuff is real and will very much kill you. (laughs) They all go pretty fast, you know. It's true, yeah. 20 seconds. Yeah, Emotep had, I don't know if it's, I guess they could cheat a little bit with this one, because in the first one, he was separately hunting down all the guys who opened the box, whereas in this one, he, it's like he kills all three of them at once. Well, no, because he's killing the one guy in the in the hat, and then oh, okay, I guess he just knocks them out pretty quickly because they're all trapped in the same compartment together. Well, didn't they open the chest or the jars before they unleashed him, or before they read the book? Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's a good thought because the whole purpose in the first one was that. Evie read from the book, and the guys had already opened the chest Mm -hmm. with the canopic jars in it, and it took Evie reading from the book to bring bring Emotep back to life Mm -hmm. to even be able to pursue the guys who opened the jars. So, oh, that's a good point. I I guess they just figured we'd assume that they read from the book to bring him back, or they did it on site when they were excavating him, maybe. Uh, Maybe I missed that. They did it at the British Museum. That's what it was. Yeah, so they already did it. They brought him back to life, and then, you know, they I sent the guys out to get the jars. Mm-hmm. The two of you are just so much smarter than me. I, I didn't <laughs> see any of that. <laughs> we watched, we've watched both movies we, way too many yeah, times. <laughs> we've been in love with this film trilogy, or well, the first two of it. Duology, uh, we're going to call it the duology. duology <laughs> for the last 20 years. So okay, it, fair enough, fair you enough. Know, it's kind of like how you know you can quote Star Wars. And, That's true. And, and, there are some movies I've watched many, many times, like mm-hmm. Dirty Harry. Oh, yes. Katie. I was teasing Mr. Brown because uh, he and Jason came over to watch uh, Dirty Harry at my house and I had never seen it before so Adam was very excited about it and it, to the point where I'd cooked dinner so I had dirty dishes everywhere and I was gonna go refill my drink or something and Adam was like no Jay you have to sit down this is a good part this is a good part I was like so this is you like this is just you watching me watch Dirty Harry this isn't you even watching the movie it, it was true and every second is a good part so you could never get up no I couldn't I, I even tried to go to the bathroom and you were like no, Jade no. sit down and I was like okay pause it I was but, that you can pause things there's a kind well, of bathtub yeah he's just hanging out at uh the the dirigible he's, port <laughs> he still took the money he goes what am i going to spend this money on why do i need this money he still pocketed it yep well because well, entrepreneur yes and we have several so tell, of us, tell us who is this new character that's just been introduced this is, is the first film no he's not okay. uh this is izzy they needed a mode of transportation because they kill winston in the first movie because he uh was in the british they royal don't air force kill him he no, died the writers oh, okay okay sorry. Was like, uh, nobody was like he gets murdered. killed off in the first movie uh because emotep does the trick with the sand and clogs oh, up the airplane right, and winston right. dies on impact the other three guys amazingly survive without a scratch on any of them but winston well, he wasn't dies. in great health i mean he was drinking he was drinking. He was Rotting from boredom and booze <laughs> were his exact words. I'm but, gonna get shot. So yeah, I'm gonna get shot in the ass again, aren't I? And Izzy, I guess they had to uh, kind of like with the Egyptologist, they had to replace the character, the plug that hole, as it were, because Izzy has to be the mode of transportation, and he doesn't have an airplane, but he does have a dirigible. Yes, <laughs> which yes. is just so helpful. Oh, there's Horace, Aww, the real star of the movie, the real Horace. hero. Aww. 
Horace is the reason why the Magi know uh, where to track down Alex because the bracelet of Anubis, not the Scorpion King bracelet, uh, it actually leads you to the oasis, but you have to make pit stops along the way and uh, at certain historical land sites in Egypt. Just, just an excuse to look at Egypt, pretty much. Oh, was, I was okay with it. I, mean, I, I wasn't too. mad, but I mean, you, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, or they really don't want you to get to the oasis in time yeah it which in 1930 there's no way seven days they should be able to make all these stops from london or yeah london to egypt and all these mini stops within egypt yeah they go to cairo they stop at yeah i don't know when they stop at like the ramsey site tahoe. Uh, yes thank you uh but like tahoe <laughs> i think it was tahoe Yes. Yep. I'm agreeing. I'm D20 just going to agree with that. That's another 30 minutes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, Hindsiders, we're going to have to take a break before we go on our uh, dirigible adventure with Rick and Evie and Izzy. So, uh, we will be right back. And we're back, Hindsiders. Yes. So, Katie just got really excited because we're at a portion of the movie that she wants to discuss. So, what's going on, Katie? So, then we just got to the temple within the oasis and. Imhotep was just stripped of his powers and they made many references that he's going to overtake the Scorpion King and he's going to be so powerful that he's not even, it's not even going to be a competition, but nobody knew that he was just going to be stripped of his powers. So now he is stripped. He is mortal. And that's his downfall that in both movies is when he becomes mortal. Yes, it's right. <laughs> so it's a bit of a callback to the first one. Yeah. To drag me immortal, I can attest to that. And uh, unfortunately, hindsighters. On I, that note, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Evie uh, is unfortunately mostly dead she at the moment. Stabbed. She they, was stabbed in the stomach by Anaxunamun. They just saved Alex, the son again. Rick, they he they, he, they did he the pygmy saves one <laughs> and then he loses the other. They did the pygmy race, and for whatever reason, the bracelet of Anubis is a huge deterrent to the scarabs. <laughs> they don't really explain that either, but but not the, the pygmies. Um, yeah, not the pygmies, but the uh, the scarabs, because you've got to have a callback to the scarabs in the second movie. They played such a titular role in the first. Now, Why do you, you stick your hand I in there? I like, say, whenever you're in a, a, a temple, you never stick your hand in the hole. This is like the Egyptian equivalent of a glory hole. Like You don't know what the hell is about to happen. There could be rats in there. There could be scarabs in there. There could be an ancient power that strips your hand it there could be skin off your hand and then you got little bones that you walk around with crying which is actually what happens it puts the bracelet on its skin <laughs> it's my strong hand <laughs> this is my strong hand oh god but meanwhile the army of anubis has been raised again uh, and the magi uh, there are so many more magi than i remember them being in the first movie because in the first movie there are about 15 of them i they would say and now there's an entire army much from, better budget for extras in this one yeah i suppose so because they they seriously have thousands and thousands of extras and horses for oh, this particular scene. And they're all dressed in black in the middle of a desert. And, yeah, uh, and some Led of them have George blinders Harrison. on. Huh? Led by George Harrison. <laughs> oh, God, you're not going to get over I'm this, are you? To. That's okay. But yeah, so uh, Evie has just been stabbed to death by an Moon, which is a huge. And it was kind of a, a shocker when I first saw the movie because an Moon comes out of nowhere and just yeah, stabs just Evie in the stomach. And Rick is devastated, and he just tells Jonathan, 
Jonathan, stay with Alex. I'm gonna go handle this. And he goes in, and you know he's about to kick an epic amount of ass. He's gonna go kill Emotep and an ox and a moon. And the Scorpion King. And the Scorpion King. I don't think he really wanted to tangle with the Scorpion King, but that's that his, wound up being part of the deal anyway. That's his destiny. His, like, he's yeah, he's like, the warrior. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Cowie. <laughs> the curator. Oh, but he's on it, though. No, Brandon Fraser was like, axe ready. Like, we're doing this. Like, I am ready to defend whatever. And... In what scenario would this happen? Like, was there some big slobbery animal in that hole that, like, just took his skin off of his hand? Because he comes out and it's, like, covered in mucus and saliva. My guess is that something wanted the bracelet and instead of undoing the bracelet, just sucked the bracelet off and therefore took everything might have been digestive, digestive fluids or something that just digested his hand. That makes sense. Uh, some dead goo. Yeah. <laughs> some dead acid, goo. Yeah. Acid. Uh, you know, this is why Yay. this is Yay. why we women get you guys to help us to unclasp our bracelets so that we don't have to stick our hands in random holes to get them off. But uh, yeah, so Evie Phrasing. was. <laughs> I, know, I was just thinking, where is that going? <laughs> but yeah, so this is where you really start to see Alex's prowess with uh, Egypt or Egyptian as a language, because you know Jonathan's like, oh, you don't know which way is which around here. These hallways are so confusing, and Alex is like, yeah, go right to the store, Scorpion this, King. This like, way to the Scorpion King. Is there an arrow too? Like, yeah, it. He's like, look, Uncle John. And so you realize that, you know, he speaks the language just like his mother does. And meanwhile, poor Ardeth. It's a pretty boho looking horse with the tassels. Well, it's, isn't that a blinder? They're blinders. They're blinders in that time. But it's very boho looking with the tassels. Are they blinders or do they protect the horses against the glare off of the sand? Because that's a thing with dogs with hikers too. Like if you hike in snow, especially the glare can uh, hurt your dog's eyes. So dogs have to have specialized goggles for that actually. <laughs> Nerd alert. Anyway, it could be. I'm, just, I'm learning new things every day. And, <laughs> and Jonathan shows up and he's, starts throwing fists at an Oxygena man. Why, you know what he looks like? Scrappy Doo. Why, yada. Why, yada. Somebody get a get a gun. She, get, now she's with the nails. Like that's definitely cat fight material. Yeah, she's she's a complete bitch. She doesn't fight fair, and maybe she just considers Jonathan inferior. But she just bitch I mean, slaps him about he, seven he times. He gets a couple good hits in, if I remember, doesn't he? Um, I think he gets one good. He hit got in, one, and no, but it pisses her off because she almost borderline hisses at him, and she's just like, and that that was actually a more important moment than I people than I think people give it credit for because that's when she realizes because he draws blood when he hits her, and she's like, oh shit. I'm mortal too. This, oh no. And that's why she ultimately doesn't decide to save Emotep at the end because she knows that she can die too again for the third time. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Emotep and Brendan Fraser are facing off. And now he realizes that he's mortal. Yeah, you'd think that So you wish to kill me? Really? Yeah. Really? Did you not watch the first movie? Oh, he's seriously in his uh, boxer shorts. At least they didn't put him in a loincloth this time. I mean, it's not that far from it. Poor Arnold Vosloo. He's got he's, he's got committed. Too. Yo, he is. He he got shaved twice a day, like I said, in order to be as slick as a circus seal. I suppose. <laughs> okay, slick let as two a words: seal. razor burn. Nice, well played. You're welcome. So yeah, yeah razor I, burn. That's the thing is that I guess getting waxed would you know make you smoother. I mean, it you hurts gotta grow, more. You got to grow it out for a certain amount. Oh, you do? See, I've yeah, never, I've be, never done waxing. It's got to be like two inches or so. Oh. You've never yeah. done waxing? No. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Don't look at me. I don't. I know, I know you have, but you're a bodybuilder. <laughs> 
I'm just going to slide right past that and go back to my um, <laughs> like a little slippery little seal, slippery seal <laughs> like a slippery circus seal. <laughs> but yeah, Knox and the Moon's about to get her bell rung because Jonathan, uh, apparently he used to box at Cambridge and he busts her in the, in the face and she's like, oh shit, uh, I can die. <laughs> and it's just, it's funny because mean poor hit her with the scepter. He doesn't have it. Oh, he doesn't. Oh, okay. uh, the, the Scorpion King jacked it. Oh, he took his No, gold. the Scorpion King? No, not yet. No, I think Turned he still a... has it or Alex still has it because they, they have to give it. Oh, because Emotep like intercepts it. That's right. When they yeah. when they oh, throw right. it, he intercepts it like a, like a freaking football player. <laughs> and uh, no, Brendan Fraser does. No, what, Emotep gets it Emo- when they throw it and then he gets it from they, Emotep. They both intercept it at some point. Like, I don't know. They both jump for it and catch it, I want to well, say. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Because this point, and I, we'll bring it up again, and I told Adam when, before we recorded Oh, oh he jo- has it. yeah, there Jonathan has Jonathan the scepter. Just has it. Meanwhile, Alex is in the corner, and this is the mm-hmm. callback that we discussed earlier where he's... Um, <laughs> Oh, I, d- I don't know this last it's symbol, Uncle John. It's a, it's a bird. It's a stork. And Jonathan's like, I know this one. Because that's what he had to yell out to yeah. Evie to figure out in the first movie. Oh, that's great. Um, but no, so, okay, so um, Rick stabs the Scorpion King. And Rick is falling into the pit. The Scorpion King is above him, holding Rick up from falling in by him. Hold- and then... Like a second later, Emotep just runs up and is like, no, no. like okay. you missed your mark, man. You were supposed to be there before. No, I don't th- I don't think he's mad about him missing his mark. He's mad that he's not no. the one who gets to kill. No, 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 no. I know that's exactly why he's mad. But he looks like he missed his mark and he had to get there really fast to be there. It's just oh, it is really funny. Like, Do we have another shot of this? We don't. No, oh, we're going to be out in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if only we hadn't wasted that 20 minutes on the bridge in London. My God. It's a bird, a stork. Yeah, we just passed that moment. And I know this one. I'm Manifest. <laughs> and so he's still fighting with an oxen. <laughs> I know this one. Then what is it? Yeah. I'm Manifest. Yeah. So I. Uh, That's it. Duh. And so, but what does this accomplish? Let's watch it for just a second because Alex reads that off from the he Book of the Dead. and his mother. Oh, yes. He brings he Evie back. That's what it does. Mother. Okay. Well, because in the first one. That's not what it achieved. It was the same it, it passage took control in the book over the yeah, it magi. Made, yeah, n- n- yeah, the ones. That oh were yeah, brought to kill. them. It brought them to life, and they scream at Brendan Fraser too. And he's like, "But then they say, uh-uh. then and they he runs away it, from them. Then they say it, and then Jonathan controls them. Oh, that's and right. And they kill Emotep. That's right. Or they, no, they kill. No, they kill Anoxa Moon. Moon. That's right. Uh, so that's why they have to bring uh, a completely different body who happens to be the exact same woman. <laughs> but uh, Rachel Weiss is about to show up and kick some ass and have a this fight with payback, an oxen moon. Payback from 4,000, 5,000 years ago. Yes. Hey, we women, we hold grudges, Adam. <laughs> we do not let things go. That's not do our not. deal. I know that. We but forgive, we never forget. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now Emotep is battling with Brendan Fraser, and or Rick, rather, and we still haven't even woken up the Scorpion King, so it's kind of like what you were alluding to earlier, Katie. Every time Rick thinks that he's accomplished a task, something else rises up. And he just he, can't catch a break. No, you really no, he really can't. Poor well, guy. Oh, the CGI on the Scorpion this King is, is bad. so god-awful. The, the Anubis Warriors... Not that bad. The mummy, maybe because eh, they were was like B, but this, oh, this is garbage. Like, yeah. and, and poor The Rock, poor Dwayne, <laughs> poor Dwayne. He, uh, Dewey, we mentioned this on Dewey. That's we, his nickname, is it really? By his parents, 
Oh, Dewey, Dwayne, Dewey. Yeah, that's precious. But um, yeah, so the Scorpion King comes out of his lair and is surprisingly underwhelming. He looks like a scorpion. This is okay. So this, I mean, right yeah, now, he does the Benny thing. This is such. He yeah, this Benny is such thing. a. He's like, bitch I am your move. servant. I am your servant. Uh, Emotep completely sells Rick down the river, and he's like, "I'm your servant. That's the one who's uh-huh. here to kill you." And he's pointing at Brendan Fraser. But he was sent to kill you. Yeah, they were both. Uh, and of course, poor Brendan Fraser him. has no idea what's going on because he doesn't speak. Ancient Egyptian. That is so, yeah, because it's funny when your significant other speaks a language, uh, don't you try to learn it? But it's a not little when bit? you speak in like it all the matter. time. It's, it's not, not her like, primary language. Well, so yeah. That, listen, your significant other always speaks a different language. And you try for your entire life. <laughs> when you're a dude, yeah, that's to true. understand <laughs> what she's saying. Try as you might, you never do. Years um, of study. Because what happens is when you finally learn it, it they shift to a different language. You wouldn't understand. It's evolution. Well, we haven't been married nearly as long as you have, <laughs> Mr. Brown. But yeah, Anox and Moon and Rachel Vice are just like whipping some ass. And I don't really. What are those things called? Sai. Thank you. T-S-A-I. They're Chinese weapons, actually. Yet they're in an Egyptian. I've seen them before in the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Only from one of the Ninja Turtles. They all had different weapons. Michelangelo, I think. I don't know. (laughs) Leonardo had the sword. Donatello? No, Michelangelo had the nunchucks. Raphael? He may have had the side. I'm not sure. Look it up. (laughs) Dr. Google. I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) So just a little something extra, and I I might be wrong, so if you're auditing me, you know, bear with me, but... I'm not prepared for this drivel, Mr. Brown. Well, that's what I'm waiting for, Mr. (laughs) Mr. What's his name? Simon. Simon. <laughs> Simon. Bear with me. Yes. Oh, Simon. Raphael had the sigh. Uh, Donatello had the bow. The boo. How do you it's spell it? B O, but the O has a little line above it. Okay, bow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but bottom line is there was a time. Oh. time <laughs> it would be a staff. <laughs> a staff. Okay. <laughs> bow staff. No, there there was a time when having weapons was illegal because so they is... they wanted to prevent peasant uprisings. In China, so okay. they, they use farm implements. Most of those are farm implements. Oh, I did not know oh, that. So it's like a pitchfork? Just learn something yeah, new. Like that, oh. pitchfork. The more you know. Wait, isn't there like the little star? Time. Little rainbow. That was, that <laughs> was from the rainbow. 90s, right? PSA. <laughs> yeah, PSA. But uh, the poor Magi can't catch a break either because they, no, defeat they, the in, they defeat what they think is the entire army of Anubis only to find, <laughs> find there's, there's a zillion more of them They're as like the backup ants. regime. They're like ants. <laughs> God help God us, help he us. Yeah. Uh, He's not wrong. Poor Oded. Uh, but, oh, and it's just so oh, fortunate. Here we go. I'm a believer. Yeah, because Brendan Fraser has been doubting this whole warrior from God, Magi thing, the entire movie. And the tattoo is not even on the right Well, he hand. said somebody slapped <laughs> it on ring. him as a orphan in, in Cairo. Cairo. So, I mean, how does he not, how does he speak such... Like his, yeah, his, how does he not speak Egyptian? Or, or not, any, not necessarily any other ancient language. Egyptian. He yeah. sounds, I mean, he's American. They call him the American in the first one. Why yeah, they, was he an orphan in Cairo when he was an American? Yeah, it, maybe plot his... Line. Who knows? <laughs> because, uh, that is a Yeah, that is a thing that they uh, talk about in the first movie where they're like, oh yeah, when those damn Yanks go to sleep, no offense, none taken. Because, like, you know, he's the one American... or. In their crew, anyway, because uh, oh yes, those beastly Americans—if they haven't beaten us to it, no offense. Like they keep, they keep making fun of Americans in front of Brendan Fraser, and he's like, oh whatever. 
But yeah, the Scorpion King is uh, chasing after Rick now. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, there's it's, so there's many. There's at least a billion ants. Yeah, they're everywhere. Giant. And they're so Those tall. Those Huns popped out of the snow. Flag daisies. <laughs> <laughs> That's one we got to watch, too. Yeah, we got to do Oh, yeah. It's porridge, and it's happy to see you. I remember but, watching that right before we went trick-or-treating one year. It's like Braveheart, right? It's because, uh, yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Right. To the death. <laughs> no, to the pain. Sorry, Rick. Princess Bride, I had to do it. When you see that many troops coming over the hill, it's, it's always to the death. You know? There's just no <laughs> way around it. So you may as well state the obvious. Evie is spelled E-V-Y, not I-E. Oh, that's weird. At least weird. that's what the caption shows. I always went, well, with captions, you can't always trust that because uh, like, oh, what was the movie we did? Toy Soldiers, where, remember I pointed that out that they spelled Will Wheaton's name? Yeah. Will Wheaton. Will <laughs> Wheaton. That was beautiful. Oh, because you know that's that someone did that. Oh no, they had to, have, yes. and they have to be a Family Guy fan because of that whole joke with Stewie calling him uh, cool, cool, whip, cool, cool Wheaton. Like it's it's a whole thing. I want to see when the the guy's like hits this misses this mark. It's coming up now, isn't it? It, it is. Well, because Jonathan throws the spear first, trying to right. uh, nail the Scorpion King. You he, see, Emotep did intercept it, just like a football player. I agreed with you. And then Rick and then does hits, the same they thing. Fight, they fight over it. Yeah, he's got to get it. Because. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to stick him. Oh, now he thinks he's going to stick him and get all the power, right? Well, they're trying to take over the army of Anubis, and that's apparently what they're going to destroy the world with. Uh, and so Rick makes no movement at this moment, and yeah, and then <laughs> he flies past. He jumps up like the Jack Russell in the mask, catching, <laughs> <laughs> catching Jim Carrey's mask in the club. They're so fast. Well, they've got really long legs. And, they do. And that's the thing. Like, uh, when I was watching the first movie, when you wanted to do it as an episode, I was asking Josh, who's... Wait, know, here we go. Hold on. Here we go. So he stabs okay, him. Sticks. He's oh, holding him oh, up. God, the CGI is so Here awful. we go. No! no! Yeah, <laughs> you see, he, like, walks up. Like, no. It's great. It and meanwhile... Funny. Send your army back to hell. Go and go to hell and take uh, your friends with you. Oh, it's it's pretty. He epic. just stabbed him in the stomach, though. I mean, I, guess I, I think just impaling the Scorpion King is what uh, matters. <laughs> as long the as act of murder. <laughs> Meanwhile, all these guys are going to have uh, lung problems for the rest of their lives because the army of Anubis turns to ash and just like blows in their faces. <laughs> and it's like that's some almost nine eleven level ash that they're thinking. inhaling. They're be I, fighting ugh. for benefits. These people live in the desert. <laughs> Steve Buscemi is going to be with their yes. lawyer <laughs> attesting. Oh, there goes the ash again. Poof. Yeah, because And now, then you see the rock as kind of like the mummy face. Yes, yes, I think it's the rock. But it's face. a really bad depiction. Like his well, you're saying the CGI in this movie is subpar, Katie, because I'm agreeing big time. Well, <laughs> I think this was ago. the moment. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, and we lo- uh, one thing we have to mention, the real hero of the movie, Horus, who brings oh. the Magi to the desert to fight the army of Anubis and stave them off from the Scorpion King's pyramid. He dies because of the dick cult guy who uh, antagonizes Alex the entire trip and... Uh, I, I don't know the actor's name, but he's one of the main guys in Emotep's cult, and uh, Alex is even giving him shit because uh, oh, he's like, he's- I have to use the restroom. And uh, he's like, turn around. You're going to watch. You're, like, <laughs> you're going to peek. <laughs> yeah, you're going to peek. And it's just. He's and he, so indignant. Like, <gasps> and he's dare you? He's so ready to murder Alex. He was like, okay, I'm going to chop off his arm. Like, I can't wait to murder this little boy. I mean, he does antagonize him with the uh, the finger thing where he's mimicking him. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, and you know, kind of like, are we there yet? Peg, yeah. Are we there yet? That I get, but like the the mimicking thing, I thought you only did that when you had siblings. I didn't know you did that when you were an only child. It's like the shadow game. Oh, how do you play the shadow game? How do you play the shadow game? I just asked you. I just asked you. That's the game. I know you just gave up really quickly, but I, uh, yeah. I, so the guard guy, he stabs at Alex with his knife, and Alex is like, "Whoa, that was really cool!" And he goes, "What are you talking about? I missed." And, you know, he just, they antagonize the shit out of each other. It's fantastic. Oh, but here's the uh, defining moment with the relationships with Evie and Rick versus Emotep and Anox in a Moon. Because Rick doesn't She's ask for help. pulling him up by his head. No, by no, his, by his the, suspenders. his suspenders. His but it looks or his like, gun, his uh, oh, oh, his gun But holster. it looks like his neck. Yeah, yeah it does. Anox in a And you really hear the... The sadness and in Arnold Vosloo's voice. Eyes. Yeah. Because you almost feel bad for the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. She, she utterly invested a lot into that relationship. He, well, I mean, yeah. You, Clearly. Uh, well, so did she initially because in the first movie, she kills herself so that he can reincarnate her and that she won't, so she won't be the uh, Pharaoh slave anymore. But yeah, what are those little creatures that are great? They don't ever them? talk about that's the underworld, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it, they're all massage therapists and they're just kind of massaging <laughs> as well. We're muscles. easing you into hell. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, both movies, when he dies at the end, it's always some sort of, you know, creature, humanoid type creature, either pulling him down into the oil or like pulling him down into the fire and lava. Who knows? And uh, yeah. An ox and a moon gets eaten by scarabs. I don't think they can bring her back a third time. She's no. been destroyed pretty thoroughly yeah. at this point. And now that the Scorpion King is dead, the so entire is oasis, the oasis is self-destructing. It's getting sucked into the pyramid, isn't it? Yes. Like uh, a vacuum cleaner. Which well, the pyramid was the last thing to pop up in the like backstory. Because remember the greenery just started and it kind of like... Like right where the scorpion came out of the. They all came up and then the pyramid popped up. And the pyramid up. was now the last pyramid thing to pop is up. The vacuum sucking it all in. Oh, yeah. okay. Got it. And uh, uh, last in, last out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or first in, last out. Or no, what? it was last in then. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, first in, last out is the typical. Jonathan gets a, a nice victory because you were saying how he had spent all of his treasure or lost it in card games, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's the one who winds up with the diamond Big of diamond. Uh, but he the has scorpion to split it with Izzy. <laughs> yeah, well, because he stole the staff that they traded to Izzy to get get him to transport them to the oasis in the first place. And uh, you you have your obligatory panic moment where you think the gang is going down after all they've gone through. But then panic moment. Yeah, it is. But then Izzy shows up with his dirigible. Yay! Yay, Saves the day. Get your butts moving. (laughs) Yep. And God, that a dirigible. Of all things, because Rick does get mad uh, when they first see Izzy. Izzy <laughs> is wary of working with Rick again. He's like, no, I'm going to get, last time I went with you, I got shot in the ass. Like, And then when Rick finds out that Izzy played, uh, traded, traded his plane for the dirigible, he's like, you know what, Izzy, you're right. You are going to get shot. Like, And he's so and pissed off. Yes. Uh, but so, Let me down. Let me down. <laughs> <laughs> and how Jonathan even is able to lift this diamond is amazing to me because that thing has to weigh <laughs> at least a billion pounds. And- for Rick to hold on to him. Yeah, it's roughly the size of my car, that diamond. Like, it's ridiculous. But at least Jonathan can, avoid, he can afford his pull own up, bachelor pad now. <laughs> well, this is a bit of an anachronism because diamonds back then were fairly worthless. It was only till De Beers uh, collected all the diamonds. In, uh, uh, in the 30s, they were they were worthless? I was Cartier. Oh, was it Cartier? No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know what? You're right. But you believe me. But the thing is, you're right. Maybe, maybe it was before the 30s. I'd have to look it up. But uh, De Beers huh. inflated the value of diamonds. They're really... 
Coal is probably more valuable than diamonds in real life. I mean, life. it's the same thing. I didn't. You did not know that, did you? No, I didn't. Beers, I learned. Beers, you taught me two valuable lessons De, De Beers today, Mr. Collected Brown. All the, they have a, they have a, a the safe. Bears. The <laughs> Bears have, has like these safes full of diamonds to huh. make them scarce. Otherwise, they would not be. Uh, t- Look it up. I No, I believe you. Yeah, um, so You're an intelligent man. I believe you. Yeah, I don't know. But never get between... Well, most lady and their diamonds. I don't know how you girls feel about diamonds. I don't. I don't really possess any diamonds. diamonds. I don't really either. Yeah, see, was Nicole Kidman sings so well in Moulin Rouge? Oh, that's what we gotta do. Yeah, (laughs) we gotta make the boys miserable and do Moulin Rouge. But um, okay, so Ardeth gets a nice dramatic exit as well. Uh, He rears on his horse. Huge! uh, It's a huge. Runs off into the sunset, and And there was multiple takes because you could see all the horse prints around him. No, it was waiting. There was an army of people with horses. So no, but it's one spot where it's yeah. Take two. All right. Yeah. Because I noticed it last night too. But the horse is kind of prancing, and he's like pulling it around. So you know, it's probably antsy. And that, Plus, it has all this shit happening around it. Well, in final callback, uh, toward the end, Rick and Evie, of course, have to kiss. And it's a sentimental moment where he's like, I thought I lost you there for a second. And <laughs> she she came back and came back to life. And at the end of the first movie, when Rick and Evie first kiss each other, Jonathan's like, oh, please. And he's so over it. Because Get a room. Of, and no, and he and Alex say that uh, together. And they're like, oh, please. They're just so over it. But hindsighters. That was Finn. The Mummy Returns. Yes. Finn. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> so uh, I guess the last thing we have to do, of course, is go Alf to Seinfeld uh, with our bit of drivel. Simon, I hope we covered the movie sufficiently for you this time. Uh, that was sarcasm, Simon. <laughs> Simon, I love you. Keep it coming. Oh, God. Sorry. You're just happy to be on the board, I Mr. Am. Brown. I like That's comments, okay. good or bad. You know, there's no such thing as bad, bad publicity. publicity. <laughs> yes, but you've been jealous spoken of like my a, troll since day one. Spoken so. like a true actor. True, that's right, yes. Well, true and true. Somehow I doubt that Simon has pictures of you hung up in his mother's basement, unlike no. we think my troll might have going on. So, uh, Katie, since you chose the movie, why don't you tell us what your measure is on Alf to Seinfeld? So... With the, with the true scale of Elf to, Elf to Seinfeld, it would definitely have to, unfortunately, be a... I'll do 3.5. I will say it All definitely right. did not hang in there. Um, I lo- As a scale of my favorite movie, it's definitely, like, top 10, probably. Um, but the no, quality just overall. <laughs> yeah. the, the CGI, as Jade pointed out multiple times, is just not there. Yes, for the time, it was probably on point but the rock just is super creepy as a cgi uh a little kitschy Sorry, a little Dewey. a little campy um and the humor just it's too it's too it's i don't know it just doesn't hold up but love it love it still uh brendan fraser i still adore you um yes we do brendan still, young brendan fraser still, yeah yeah we're not gonna go there oh, poor guy look him up in doom patrol okay any good <laughs> All right, so we got a 3.5. 3.5. All right, solid. Mr. Brown, what do you think? I enjoyed it the same way I enjoyed it when I first saw it many, many moons ago. Okay. So, yeah. In I 2001 is when it came out, yes. I want to say. So I'm going to give it a five. I think it was, right. know, I, I enjoyed it. You know, it, it's typical Hollywood, a little formulaic. You know, you had to fill in gaps and everything. But I, I liked the story. I thought the acting was was great. And the special effects were pretty good, except for 
you know. <laughs> the scorpion. The scorpion king. Aside <laughs> from that, I, I enjoyed it, yes. Well, much. he was in the movie the least amount of time of all See? the characters. This is so. Nefertiri. Oh my God, you're well, right. You are right. But the way that they pronounce it, it does sound so like it's Nefertiti, a T instead yeah. of an R. Yeah. Who is the the actual mother of uh, Nux in a Moon? I think we talked about that on the first she movie. she say Nuts in a Moon? A Nux in a sure Moon. I sure did. I sure <laughs> did. She's the mother right. of Nuts in a Moon. Well, Darth Jader, where does this fall on the scale for you? Um, I'm going to go in a similar direction as you, Katie. I loved, loved, loved this movie when it came out, when we saw it in theaters, and then watched it, I don't know, 15 times in my basement on VHS. <laughs> we watched it so many times, and I, I just... With a movie like this, it's the characters that brought me back. It's not the plot. Mm-hmm. It's not like, because that's why even now, even I've seen this movie, God knows how many times, but I was like, oh yeah, this does happen. And I couldn't remember exact details of the story, but I love Evelyn. and I liked her, oddly enough, I liked her more in the first movie because it's her intellect that saves everyone around every corner. It's not her suddenly having to be Laura Croft and fight with, what did you call them? Psy? Psy, T-S-A-I. Yeah, she did... I didn't really think it was necessary to turn her into an action heroine. She was already, she had her own strength that she brought to the table in the first one. And I don't know if that's something that she negotiated or that was just a necessity of, you know, lack of plot. I really don't know. Well, in the first movie, remember Rick is trying to, when she's drunk, trying to teach her how to throw a punch. So, I mean, it makes sense if they've been married for so long where they have an eight-year-old child that he would teach her things. Like she even said, like with a Nux and a Moon when she headbutts her she's like that's new or you definitely that's know something that i got from, from your father yeah, yeah like exactly uh cause, but the thing is he didn't teach her how to fight with the daggers that no, was that's that's, that's the just weird plot convenience the previous life bs that they just had to shoehorn into the plot i didn't really like that because uh, i always liked evie i never really looked at her as a pathetic damsel even though rick <laughs> does have to, he he has he's got his brute strength that he brings to the table she's got her intelligence that she brings to the table mm-hmm. like they're they're strong in different ways and i like that about them the juxtaposition between their characters in the first movie so that brought it down a little bit for me like besides the obvious stuff of the cgi not aging well because Oddly enough, like I said, I feel like the CGI in the first movie held up a lot better than the than the second one. And, you know, technology had advanced by 2001 since 1998 or 99 when it came yeah. out, when the first one came out. So I really don't understand what happened there. But I I like the first one a lot better. This one, I'm going to give it a four because it it went down in my estimation, unfortunately. And there it was a little longer than it even needed to be. Because it could have been a 90-minute movie, but it's two hours long, which is why you didn't really hear us talk about every point of it, Hindsiders. <laughs> uh, but I, I still enjoy it because of the characters. I That's what I came back for. I even had a, a cat with uh, black fur. She had really dark hair, just like Evie does, and I named her after the character Aww. from the movie. Aww. Aww. But yeah, so... I'm going to give it a four and then we have a straight five and a 3.5. So this movie didn't age as well as I would have liked for it to. Um, but that's okay. Um, so Katie, thank you as always. Thank you Katie for, for coming. Guest hosting. Pleasure. Awesome. We always, always love having you here and hindsiders. Uh, Adam, would you like to take us home this time? Oh, I'm not prepared to do it. Please take me home. Okay, so hindsighters in, in a metaphorical way. Hindsighters, uh, drive time. Your there she goes. Lunch time. Your drinking time. Your drinking. Your time, mummy time. Your mummy time. Your pygmy time. Your, your pygmy time. time. Your sleepy time. This Until is, next time, hindsighters. This has been Katie, Darth, and Adam. 
This has been Hindsight and good night. <laughs>